You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 127. Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, voice actor Crispin Freeman. Hi there. My name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. For this episode, I wanted to continue answering questions from my podcast audience. For those of you who may not be as familiar with the podcast, In past episodes, I've given out a phone number where you can call in and leave me a question about voice acting as a voicemail. From time to time, I'll pick the most relevant questions I receive and answer them here on the podcast. Let's get started. Let's answer some questions from you, our listeners. Hi, my name is Jeremiah, and I'm calling from the lovely Bealton, Virginia, in Fauquier County. My question for you is... You've had a lot of time teaching, and you've seen a lot of types of students come into the doors of the voice acting mastery workshops. And I was wondering, what do you define as a great student? I know that you have to do things about being relentless, being inspired, and having various types of training. But is there, I guess, a a genetic about certain types of students and the success that you see they have? Thank you for the podcast. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for your time. Have a great day. Hi there, Jeremiah. You ask a very insightful question, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to answer it. In fact, I think it's so important, I'd like to make it the focus of this entire episode. It's true that I started teaching voice acting workshops in late 2010, and I've worked with hundreds of students since that time. While every student is unique and each has their own journey that they must take in order to improve their voice acting skills, I have observed some patterns. There are common challenges that many students face, and I've noticed that certain types of students rise to those challenges while others struggle, become discouraged, or give up. Let me preface any further discussion by saying that I do not claim to know for sure whether every student who attends my classes will succeed as a professional. I don't think any teacher can truly anticipate that, because there are just too many variables in play. In the end, it's always up to the student themselves. There are plenty of stories of successful actors who were told by their teachers that they did not have what it took to be successful. In fact, one of my teachers once told me that I didn't have the killer instinct necessary to work as an actor, and that I should probably choose a different career. The only one who can determine if you will be successful or not is you. I discussed this at greater length in episode 107 of the podcast, entitled, Do You Have What It Takes to Succeed as a Voice Actor? That being said, I can share with you the personality traits and psychological attitudes that I believe can give one the best chance of becoming a professional voice actor. Students who adopt these mindsets tend to be the most resilient in the face of adversity, and are the most inspired as they pursue their career goals. In fact, I think these attributes are applicable to anyone who wants to work as any kind of professional creative artist. So allow me to give you three pieces of advice 
that I hope might inspire you to be the best student you can be. Number 1. Pursue voice acting for the right reasons. The best reason for becoming a voice acting student is because you want to pursue a voice acting career. While that statement may seem ridiculously obvious, you would be surprised how often I have students who attend my classes not because they want to become professional performers, but because they want some sort of emotional affirmation. They may feel like something is missing in their lives, or that they are unworthy in some way. For them, voice acting is a way of validating their existence and feeling like they are important and worthwhile. Instead of being interested in the artistry of acting, many of them seem more interested in the celebrity of being an actor. They believe that voice acting is simply a means for them to get attention, because they think if they are admired or famous, that they will feel better about themselves. The irony of this is that even if they did achieve some notoriety as a voice actor, chances are that their need for affirmation would not be satisfied. Chasing fame is a never-ending pursuit because it requires you to constantly be getting approval from others, and that approval depends on whether or not you're popular at the moment. This means you've always got to be in the latest, greatest title, or have the most likes on social media, or be garnering more attention in some other way. This never-ending hunger sets you up for a big wake-up call when one day you fall off the top of the heap. It is far better to pursue voice acting because it gives you personal artistic satisfaction and because you are enthusiastic about the characters and stories that you're working on. Now I want to specify what I mean by this, because there's a difference between being enthusiastic about working on stories from a creator's point of view and being enthusiastic about them from a fan's point of view. It's never been easier to get involved with your favorite stories and characters as a fan. And because of that, there's a tendency nowadays for fans to want to pursue voice acting, not because they actually care about acting, but because they just want to be in the room and involved in making their favorite shows and games. While I never want to squelch anyone's enthusiasm, I can't tell you how many times I've had students who are great fans of anime, animation, or video games suddenly exclaim in the middle of class, Wow, this is so much harder than I thought. And it is, especially if you're not truly fascinated with the process of acting. All the most successful voice actors I've encountered in my career are obsessed with the craft and artistry of acting itself, above and beyond any personal need they might feel to be involved with a specific title or character. And this is not to say that certain stories or characters aren't important to us as voice acting professionals. It's just that we look at it from the standpoint of what we can add to a project as creators, not as fans. Often, I've heard established voice actors say that what initially motivated them to pursue their career was a desire to make the art they loved even better. They saw untapped potential in characters and stories, and they wanted to make them the best they could possibly be. This is precisely what motivated me when I was a student. I loved animated storytelling, and I felt like if I developed my skills enough, I could help improve what was already near and dear to my heart. My satisfaction as a voice actor was based on how successful I felt I was at expressing myself artistically not by how impressed people were with my accomplishments or by the idea of just being in something that I liked as a fan. If my acting communicated to an audience, 
I was satisfied. If it didn't, I would do whatever it took to improve my skills so I could give the audience an experience that touched them. In my years of teaching, I've observed that the best students are laser-focused on what it's going to take to improve their skills so they can serve the art they are working on. They love acting for its own sake, and they want to contribute to their favorite stories and characters not because of what they might get out of it as fans or celebrities, but because of what they can give to it as artists. Because these students are willing to take their own egos and their need for instant gratification out of the equation, this sets them up to succeed when it comes to the second piece of advice I'd like to share. Number 2. Be Willing to Take Criticism The best students come into my classes eager to hear what insight I can give them into their own acting process. They are aware that they might have deficiencies in certain areas, and they are excited to learn any techniques I might have for improving their abilities. When I point out what they need to work on to be more professionally competitive, they are enthusiastic about putting my advice into action. Never do they think I am criticizing them personally. My notes are about their skills and what they can do to improve them, not about them or their value as a person. In fact, really good students get frustrated if their teacher simply compliments them and doesn't give them something to work on. Such students are not coming to class for personal affirmation. They're coming to get stronger as a performer. If their teacher doesn't provide them with larger acting goals to reach for and encourage them to stretch into new artistic territory, they are unsatisfied. Such students are a joy to work with because each new challenge I give them makes them eager to learn more. Less inspired students are preoccupied with how they look, what other people think of them, and whether they're getting the approval they want. Students with this misguided mentality tend to manifest along a spectrum. On one end is the student who comes into class already convinced that they are the world's gift to acting. However, when they actually try to perform and the deficiencies in their acting are pointed out to them, they become defensive, combative, and argumentative. In their mind, they're already great at acting, and they've really only come into class to get my stamp of approval on what they already believe to be true. These students are almost completely unteachable, due to their hard, inflexible ideas about themselves and about the world in general. They often go from class to class, disregarding advice from established experts, and learning very little. I often feel a sort of pity for these calcified individuals, because years down the road, I invariably watch them either burn themselves out, become humbled in some not-so-comfortable way, or become that rare person in the world of voice acting who is the bitter curmudgeon everyone avoids. Don't let yourself end up like this. If you're coming to study voice acting, be open to learning, even if it challenges your preconceived notions. On the opposite end of the spectrum of not being able to take criticism is the student who is overly sensitive. Some of these students take every piece of acting criticism they receive personally. They are unable to separate who they are as a person from the set of skills they are trying to develop. My heart goes out to these students because you can see the pain on their faces as they receive notes in class. They feel like failures because they cannot immediately take what is being asked of them and do it perfectly. 
What they don't realize is that acting is an artistic craft that takes practice, and any good teacher who gives them notes is simply trying to help them get better as an artist, not criticize their validity as a human being. If I can get these students to relax enough to detach their own self-worth from what I'm trying to help them improve, they are often quite appreciative and diligent. This is where some of them can fall into the trap of becoming addicted to approval from teachers and directors. Because many of these students lack self-esteem, they feel that if they can get validation from an authority figure, then they will be happy. Whenever they finish a performance in class, they immediately look to the teacher with a need for affirmation, as if they're hoping to get a gold star. Instead of asking themselves whether or not they are satisfied with their performance and focusing on developing their own artistic sensibilities, they abdicate all responsibility for their artistry to others. It's like they're trying to cook by following someone else's recipe, but they never actually taste what they've made to see if it's good or not. If the teacher or director likes it, then these students feel they've succeeded and that their responsibility for their performance ends there. They lack ownership of their own artistry. The problem with this approach is that you always have to rely on someone else to tell you whether you're good or not. While it's important to take the advice of teachers and directors you trust, it is also vitally important not to become completely dependent on them. Because let's face it, that teacher or director is not always going to be around. It's really essential to develop your own artistic sensibilities so you can truly express yourself as an artist. Having too much ego is one thing, but having none at all means you can't make your own acting decisions when you need to. Both of these types of misguided students, the unteachable egos and the oversensitive approval seekers, suffer from a similar problem. They have conflated their own self-worth as a person with their abilities as an actor. This is what makes the unteachable ones so defensive and the sensitive ones so quick to emotionally implode. It's understandable why these types of students think this way. Too often, our authority figures try to get us to believe that our only value as a person is in how we perform, whether that be in school, at work, in social situations, or other environments. We begin to believe that we are our grades, or our resume, our accomplishments, or our social status. I know I suffered from this misconception when I was younger. If I got bad grades at school, it would bring me to tears. I would literally get sick to my stomach. I was convinced that no one would care about me if I didn't perform well on my exams. As prevalent as these types of beliefs can be, they are not only completely erroneous, but also incredibly unproductive. Anyone who truly loves you does so not because of what you accomplish or how you look to others, but because of who you are inside. Your validity in their eyes is not based on your achievements or your ability to perform, but on the contents of your heart. The solution as an acting student is to realize that you are worthy as a human being, regardless of your acting skills. This fact is so important that my mentor Richard Horvitz makes it the absolute first step in his five-step process of acting. 
If you haven't yet listened to my interview with Richard, you can find it in episodes 101, 102, and 103 of the podcast. Accepting the reality that you are enough simply because you are a human being and that your value as a human being is not tied to your artistic skill level is vital to your progress as an actor. Once you separate your self-worth from an arbitrary list of accomplishments, you can pursue an artistic craft like voice acting and receive advice on how to improve without it threatening your value as a person. This not only helps you feel better as you try to develop your skills, but it actually speeds up your improvement because you're not taking things so personally. This means you'll have more energy and enthusiasm to pursue your goals. Which brings us to my last piece of advice. Number 3. Be resourceful and proactive. The best students do not wait for me to tell them what to do, especially once they leave my classes and go out into the world to pursue their careers. These self-determined students already have their end goal in mind, and they are actively working to try and achieve it. My contribution to their journey is to help share my experience with them in order to give them insight into what they need to improve to achieve their desired results. They come to me with questions about specific things they've tried to accomplish but have had difficulty achieving. They're chomping at the bit to apply anything I may offer them to see if it will work. They are committed to figuring out their own artistic process and incorporating whatever useful advice they find, no matter the source. They take classes from multiple teachers to see what new insights they can glean from having different perspectives on acting. In the end, they are committed to doing whatever it takes to achieve their goals because getting the artistic results they want is the most satisfying thing in the world to them. One of the most frustrating types of students to work with is one who lacks energy and expects me as the teacher to spoon-feed them all the answers before they ever try anything. Such students feel like baby birds sitting in a nest with open mouths squawking for me to give them sustenance. And many of them don't seem to want to chew even when I do feed them. As a teacher, I can offer my students many things. I can share my acting techniques, my experience in the industry, and even personal encouragement to help my students feel more confident about their journey. The one thing I cannot do is make someone care. It is up to the student to care about voice acting and about their own success. If they do, they will be relentless in finding a way to achieve the results that they want. If they don't, no power on earth can help them succeed. Voice acting is an incredibly competitive profession. There are people who dream about doing this all their lives. They have such a passion for this work that they can't stop thinking about it all day long. If you don't have a burning desire to be a voice actor, how will you have a chance of competing against those people who do? Each successful voice actor may care about different aspects of the business. Some voice actors are obsessed with creating unique characters. Some are passionate about collaborating with fellow artists who inspire them. For some, the storytelling is paramount, and they'll do whatever it takes to serve that story well. However your passion for voice acting might manifest, you have to allow that energy to inspire you to take action.
Having the courage to take action out in the real world can be a great leap of faith for any student. For instance, I've worked with some students who are incredibly diligent and study hard, but never actually put their knowledge to real use. This type of student learns all there is to know, but is too afraid to actually try to apply their knowledge for fear of making a mistake. A common term for this is analysis paralysis. These students seem incredibly determined and hardworking, until one realizes that their efforts are focused entirely on the work they do in the classroom, and they're too timid or nervous to leave the safety of that classroom to try and succeed in the real world. At the core of their fear of failure is again this idea that their self-worth is inextricably linked to their accomplishments. The truth is, you learn more from your failures than your successes. That doesn't mean you should be looking to fail, but realize that the way you learn is by making mistakes, not by doing everything perfectly the first time. Achieving high levels of artistic success in any field takes a lot of practice, and during much of that time you'll be making mistakes and adjusting your approach in order to improve. If you will not allow yourself to make mistakes, you'll never get better. The best students give themselves permission to try things and try often. They do their best and course-correct as they go along. They learn as much as they can as quickly as they can because they're so eager to get the results that they want. They are proactive because they just can't leave well enough alone. They've got so many ideas that they want to try and so many people whose work they admire and want to emulate. These students can't wait to be working in the big leagues and they'll take every opportunity they can to get experience. If no opportunities exist around them, they'll make their own. When I was in graduate acting school, I became obsessed with radio theater. I didn't know anyone who ran a radio theater company, so I helped create one myself. I had never used digital audio editing equipment before, but I was determined to learn how. I had never recorded sound effects before, but there had to be a way. After much trial and error and many mistakes, I eventually produced my first adaptation of a short story into a radio play. Little did I know it at the time, but that radio play was what would later open the door for me to begin voice acting in anime. Relentlessly following my passion eventually led me to the kind of work I really wanted to do. And when the opportunity appeared, I jumped at the chance. I was proactive and resourceful, and I encourage all my students to be the same way. Thanks again to Jeremiah for his great question. I hope these three pieces of advice help him and all of you to be the best possible students. To recap, number one is to pursue voice acting for the right reasons. Number two is to be willing to take criticism. And number three is to be resourceful and proactive. Students who embody these qualities not only tend to make more progress in their artistry and careers, but they also tend to enjoy themselves more along the way. I personally look forward to working in class with any of you who choose to take this advice to heart. I wish you all the best in your voice acting endeavors. Take care. You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, 
point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.